We know you have lots of questions. If you think that you've developed symptoms. Should I avoid large public gatherings? Whether schools should be closed. Welcome to Common Sense. Here we address your questions about COVID-19 with interviews featuring experts in medicine and leaders in community, public, and global health. Here's your host, Dr. Ted O'Connell. Welcome to the podcast, COVID-19, Common Sense Conversations on the Coronavirus Pandemic. I'm your host, Dr. Ted O'Connell. My guest today is actor Will Ropp. He is a breakout star and can currently be seen on the big screen as he stars as Kenny, a street-smart, cocky member of the team who is the go-to shooting guard in Warner Brothers' The Way Back, alongside Ben Affleck. Ropp will also be seen as Timmy Shields this spring in the drama Silk Road. Will's ability to play diverse characters and his unassuming confidence and drive are being recognized quickly across Hollywood, further spearheading his career. Will, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Before we get started with questions, is there anything else you'd like to tell our audience about yourself or your projects? Um, not about myself. I guess I just want to start by thanking you for doing this. This is, uh, you're doing really important work. It's really important that, um, we can have an accurate source of information, uh, from a doctor like yourself in, in times like these. So I just want to thank you for the, the amazing work that you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. It's been my pleasure to do this. It's been a really interesting project. And as we try to get out this credible information, we're also trying to talk with people in different industries to talk about how this pandemic is affecting those industries and how people who uh, are working there are are also trying to give back. And you just taking the time out of your schedule to be on this podcast and do this interview is, is certainly giving back. And so we appreciate your your time. Will, can you tell us a bit about your background, how you got into acting and your acting career to date? Yeah, well, so I was born in Connecticut, uh, in Darien, Connecticut, and I went to uh, school there all the way up through the middle of high school. Um, and I was actually like kind of my biggest focus always was pl- always was playing baseball. Um, I, I was big into sports and baseball was kind of my thing. And then I slowly started doing some theater in high school uh, at Darien High School and then actually switched uh, schools. I went to a boarding school in Jacksonville, Florida, where my grandma taught called Bowles. And I went there to pretty much play baseball. And I slowly realized that um, Florida baseball is a lot different than Connecticut baseball and that I was pretty bad compared to uh, compared to everybody else. And so I I, I slowly realized that baseball was not going to work out long term and kind of just discovered more of my joy for performing and did more and more theater until, you know, encouraged by one of my drama teachers to give it a go professionally. And so I applied to a bunch of um, conservatory uh, acting programs for college. And I ended up going to the University of Michigan's uh, BFA program in acting and then uh, completed that and moved my way out to to LA and kind of did the, the film and TV audition grind for a while, drove Uber, did the bartending thing, did it, you know, did it all. And not until kind of just recently, um, have I strung, strung together a couple good gigs. So, um, yeah, it's been a process and, but it's been a really fun one. Well, it sounds like you made the right move switching from baseball to acting because your, your career is really taking off. Thank you. Would you like to tell our audiences a bit more about the way back and Silk Road and particularly about your roles in these two movies? Yeah. So the way back, um, 
it's interesting. It it uh, we were we were fortunate because the movie was released March sixth, and we did our whole press tour basically two weeks before the movie came out. So right as like the whisperings of COVID nineteen coming to the states uh, were beginning was when we were on tour, you know, publicizing the movie in Miami and Atlanta and New York and, you know, traveling every single day to a different city and uh, meeting a hundred different, you know, the, pretty much like a, a pandemic's nightmare. Like if, if it had been during the COVID-19 pandemic, we would have certainly gotten uh, sick, but we were fortunate enough to have done it right before uh, COVID started. And then we were able to have a premiere. We were able to have... Um, our first opening weekend and we, you know, we did fine financially. And then it was the second weekend that really everything that the COVID hit and, and yeah, it's a shame because I, I, I mean, I, I still think a lot of people have seen the film, but the way back is a great story. Um, ben Affleck plays a, uh, you know, kind of downtrodden, uh, high school basketball coach who's an alcoholic and, um, has a lot of terrible, uh, demons in his life. And, kind of uh, has a shot at redemption of, of turning around this high school boys basketball team. And um, I play a member of of the team who's kind of uh, in, in some ways the comedic relief of the film. He, he has uh, a lot of interesting interactions with the females. And uh, he, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really great movie. And, you know, it was sad to see it kind of leave the theater so early. But um, Warner Brothers was really smart and released it um, on demand kind of immediately when, when all that started happening. And so... A lot of people have been able to see it that way, and then Silk Road is a uh, is a movie I I, I got right after um, I got the way back, and that's unreleased yet. But it's uh, basically the story of Ross Ulbricht, who was the creator of what what was formerly known as the Silk Road, which was essentially a massive online dark web drug uh, website where you could pretty much buy any drug or weapon or or anything and have it delivered straight to your front door by USPS and um, it was, it ended up, you know, at its peak was a multi-billion dollar crime ring. Um, and I play this kind of cyber crimes agent who, uh, assists in the downfall of Ross Ulbricht. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be excellent. It was supposed to go to uh, Tribeca film festival. I mean, I, I guess it's still technically in Tribeca film festival. That's where the world premiere was going to happen, but, um, that's been postponed. So I'm not, not quite sure what the, uh, status is, but, uh, it, it it'll come out pretty soon. Well, I have to say, I was really excited to see that you're going to be in that movie because, as you said, it's based on the book American Kingpin. Yeah. I found that book to be really interesting, and it's, it's just such an unbelievable story and kind of weaves in and out. So I, I wish you a lot of um, success with that one as well. Thank you. As I said at the outset, I, I appreciate your taking the time to help educate the public here. And I've seen actors like John Krasinski trying to help out with this segment called Some Good News. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what you're seeing actors and actresses in Hollywood doing these days to try to support the public and healthcare workers during this COVID pandemic? It's interesting. In times like these, you kind of realize how much you depend on art and, and uh, you know, and just media content for for comfort and solace like you see you know netflix numbers and you see all these streaming numbers and you see uh even like video games anything to entertain is just shooting through the roof right now and so i'm seeing a lot of actors just put out content um i know i i shot this short film a few years ago that i never released to the public and 
I was with my buddy and I was just like, we should just release this now because everyone's just kind of sitting at home, you know, ready to see content. Um, and so I've just seen a lot of actors making content, releasing content that they hadn't released before, um, you know, doing great things like Krasinski, who, who's doing the the Some Good News show. I've also seen like Fallon is doing his show from home. Uh, I think Kimmel's doing the same. It, it's It's been kind of interesting seeing um, like if there was any doubt that the arts and that the funding of the arts was important before this. I think this has this pandemic has cemented the fact that we need art and artists and it's an important um, aspect of our society that we rely on in really, really uh, tough and difficult times. Yeah. And you actually bring up an interesting thing with Jimmy Fallon. You know, I think releasing some of this um, content in a less formalized fashion gives us a different look at some of these artists and celebrities with Jimmy Fallon having his daughters be part of his show. It's it's really cute to see that interaction. You know, it kind of shows you that they're humans, too, and that, they, you know, that this is the human experience that that we're all in. And that even though this crazy thing is happening, uh, it's also happening to them. And, you you know, we're all in it together. And it's it's kind of uh, kind of makes the the world seem a little smaller in a way, in in a nice way. It does. And, you know, we there people do have a lot of time on their hands and need a sense of escape now and again. And and that's why Netflix is streaming so well. And I'm glad to see people releasing their content. You mentioned a short movie. Did you actually release that? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I made a a short film with my buddy uh, Will Branner about two years ago. It's called Schmick. Um, It's on my Instagram. But it's essentially a 10 minute film about uh, my character falling in love with a a telemarketer over the phone. And uh, it's kind of a story about isolation. So it seemed fitting to to give it a release during this time. Um, But the feedback to that has been has been really great. And yeah, just felt like a good time to to, to put something out there that people can be entertained by. That's great. Uh, We'll make sure that we put a link to that in the show notes so the audience can go take a look. Thank you. Um, Will, I have to assume that the shooting of films and TVs is currently pretty much completely shut down, just as most other industries are. Is that accurate? Yeah, everything's, uh, I think the last thing to have been shut down was in like mid-March, mid to late March. I mean, yeah, everything's completely shut down. Um, I'm hearing whispers of things kind of resuming in uh, June. I'm shooting a film in well i was supposed to be shooting a film in march um and then it got pushed to mid-april and now it's you know pushed to mid-may and now i'm not even certain if it'll start in mid-may so it might be like more of a june july kind of uh startup date for the industry but yeah right now everything's just really shut down and for good for for good reason i think uh we just got to kind of wait this thing out and when the time is right we'll hit the road running Right. Yeah. It it's the, seems to be the right call, but it very definitely has an effect on the economy and on people's incomes. Yeah. Um, how does that affect working actors who suddenly don't have work or finding that their projects are being postponed three or four months like you just mentioned? And what do you do at times like these to make ends meet? Well, I mean, it's tough. It's I, I think we're kind of in the same boat as every other uh, American. I mean, the issue with actors is that we're kind of gig dependent. You know, we go gig to gig to gig and, you know, so we don't qualify for the same 
unemployment uh, benefits um, that a lot of other professions do. And and that's something that I think SAG, the Screen Actors Guild Union, is really um, fighting for right now. I think they're trying to get the government to recognize actors as, you know, a, a profession that needs support during this time, even though they're not the conventional, you know, we're not a conventional uh, employed, you know, workforce like like the rest of the American sectors. But I think, yeah, I, I think right now we're seeing a lot of people try to make money in, in you know, different ways. Uh, I've seen a lot of people trying to do uh, acting classes online, offer those services. I've seen people selling baked goods. I've seen people um, do, just doing all sorts of things. And I think, uh, I, I think a lot of them are also going to kind of really benefit from that uh, national stimulus package that hopefully will get us through the next few months. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. I honestly, I will say though that um, self taping is a new thing in the industry where essentially you don't have to audition in person anymore. Um, you can video record yourself and send an audition, uh, send a casting director or a producer a, a tape of your audition. And that was prevalent even before this started. And but it's only cementing its prevalence. I think now that uh, the, this pandemic has uh, unfolded, I think, you know. Science, 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 science. Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes! Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. Self-taping is so prevalent. You know, we're doing self-tapes every day. So it's not like we're completely shut out of auditioning, but it's definitely been a struggle. So maybe give us a little bit of a look into the industry that those of us who aren't in it don't have any idea. You mentioned self-taping. Yeah. Maybe describe that a little bit more. They, yeah. I assume they maybe send you a piece of the, the uh, script and then you record it, but you don't have anybody to record against, right? As a, as your foil. Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, yeah, a lot of people are in pretty much, you know, solitary confinement, so they don't have a reader, but essentially the, the casting director, if there's a role, um, that's casting, um, you know, your agent or manager will identify for it for you and then they'll send you, um, you know, that what's called the sides for the audition, which is essentially the, one or two scenes that um, you can showcase that character in. And then you basically have two or three days to set up a camera and a tripod and memorize the lines or read the lines and uh, record yourself doing the role. And usually, I mean, I'm quarantined. I'm I'm lucky to be quarantined with three of my, my buddies. So I always have a reader opposite me. Um, but a lot of people don't. So I, I've heard of people even recording the other lines onto a device and then playing them off camera so they're doing both sets of lines um which is very interesting uh but yeah it's 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 a process that was becoming big before this but i think now it's kind of like 
you got to get good at self-taping to, uh, to, to be able to adapt right now, I think. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that becomes even more prevalent after this pandemic passes us by because something in healthcare, something similar is happening where we're pushing, you know, moving more and more towards virtual care and telemedicine. Yeah, I mean, it's so much cheaper. I mean, if you think about casting directors and, and directors and producers having to, to do live in-person auditions, you have to rent a space, you have to rent a reader, you know, you, it's all these physical costs and, and uh, logistics that you have to figure out. You, and, and with self-tapes, you can kind of just tell 500 people to self-tape and that's not no skin off your back. You know, they're going to all go do the work and all you got to do is just sit and watch them, you know, on your own time. So it's, it's much more efficient, I think. Yeah, very interesting. Um, Will, can you tell us how health insurance works for actors? Is this something you purchase yourself? Is it something you get while you're working yeah. on a film or on a TV show? Or is it a benefit you get through the Screen Actors Guild? Or how does that work? Yeah, so the Screen Actors Guild offers um, healthcare through the union. Um, and essentially how it works is, uh, I believe you have to make a certain threshold of money in four quarters um and depending on that threshold you either qualify for um i think two different levels of of healthcare, and as long as you meet that minimum every year you can re-up for the next year um so essentially you can't you can't sign up for the healthcare if you stop making money in the union um so i think you have to have um an income under the sag uh under a sag contract to qualify for that healthcare, but um, yeah, that's generally how um, a lot of the actors I know uh, are 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 provided healthcare. But you know, it's tough for people that aren't in the union or you know are just getting started. It's you know a lot of them uh, have to have to be on private healthcare or you know if they're young enough to be under their parents. Um, it's it, it's definitely a, a a tough situation right now. But I, I think the the Screen Actors Guild is very good at taking care of their actors and the the healthcare is incredible. Um, if you do qualify for it, it's 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 really amazing and gives amazing benefits. So oh, that's great. So at a time like this, when most or all of the industry is closed, do you still have access to that insurance? And yeah, I, I imagine that might even affect the four quarter thing. I, well, actually, SAG um, they halved the premium payment for this quarter. Um, they basically said um, you only have to pay half of what you normally do because of the circumstances. And then I think they'll probably also do something where maybe they'll give give everybody. I would think that they would give everybody maybe an extra quarter or something to to meet the earnings to qualify for next year, because it's pretty, pretty much impossible to be earning right now under a SAG contract, um, at least, you know, for the immediate future. So, you know, I, I'm unclear if they'll do something like that, but that, I think that would be a good idea. But right now, I mean, it, you basically qualify before January and then you're good for the next four quarters. So right now, I mean, if you qualified last year, you're, you still qualify until, uh, you know, hopefully all this is over. But that's good to hear. Yeah, there's a lot of to be determined in a lot of different industries. And it sounds like that's the case with the Screen Actors Guild and the healthcare insurance. Yeah. Um, do you have any sense about how this shutdown affects all of the other crew members who are involved in television and movie producing? I, I assume a lot of them are just kind of out of work right now. I, yeah, I think we're all really just in the same boat. Um, I mean, they all have their own unions. Like there's a union called uh, 
Iyadi, Iyada, or something, I forget. Basically, there's a a union for stage stage crew and for lighting designers and for, you know, audio technicians. There's all these different unions, and I think they're all kind of in the same boat as SAG, um, trying to offer as much support and help during this time as possible, um, but also realizing that we don't really know when the industry is going to start back up again. and as soon as it does, though, uh, I would expect things to start moving quickly. So I guess that that would be the one positive is that, you know, after all this, there might be some sort of little burst of activity. You know, a lot of things casting, a lot of productions going on because people need to make up for lost time, I think, um, because it's interesting, like Netflix and all these streamers and production companies, they they make their content like a year and a half to two years ahead of schedule this isn't going to affect stuff coming out right now. What it is going to affect is a year from now, there might be a lull in activity of of stuff that um, wasn't produced during this time. So I, I'll be interested to see if companies kind of try to pick it up right after this to, to make up for that. Interesting. Um, so with social distancing measures in effect, movie theaters aren't open to the public I've heard that some movies are going to be postponed or even are starting to be distributed in other ways, such as early streaming release. Um, Can you share with us what your thoughts are about this? And like, does it negatively affect the studio's bottom line? Or is this an opportunity to open up the content to potentially reach a wider audience? Or what are kind of the downstream effects of this? Well, I think, well, first of all, I I, I read today that AMC is pretty close to bankruptcy, which is really sad to me because that's kind of the nation's most prevalent movie theater chain. So that would be very disheartening if that happened. But, you know, I, I think that content has um, for a long time been kind of leaning towards streaming and uh, home consumption and, and less and less depending on uh, going to a movie theater and sitting and, and, you know, paying $15 for a ticket and watching it there, even though I am such a um, advocate of the cinematic experience, I think, I think movies are just better when they're on a massive screen and you're eating popcorn and you're with your friends. I, I think that's just a better way than if you're sitting in your bed watching Netflix, you know, checking your phone every five minutes. I, I just think, I think it kind of devalues the art form if, if we completely remove this cinematic experience and i i i would be very sad if after this the this the social distancing aspect kind of um eliminates people from from doing that and i think i mean especially for not even movie theaters but you know just stage plays and 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 broadway musicals you know that it's such an essential thing to to be there in person and to see live that i i really hope that they can recover after this. Um, and as far as the studio's bottom line, I mean, I think it definitely hurts them to not have the theaters open because they get such a, a, a huge cut of that. And then after you release a movie in the theaters, you can then also release it on demand. So they're releasing it on demand anyway. It's just they get the extra you know, bonus money of people seeing it in theaters first. So releasing it early on demand, I don't think is a wanted outcome for the the studio or the theaters or or us, honestly. Got it. Um, You had mentioned earlier when we were talking that you have this film that was supposed to be shooting right about now and is getting pushed back into June and July. Yeah. Is that something you are at liberty to tell us a little bit about? I don't think the uh, casting announcement has has been released yet, so I'm not able to specify, but... um, 
when it does come out, I will, I would be happy to, uh, maybe include the, the article in the podcast link, but it's, it's, um, it's going to be a very cool movie. I'm, I'm excited about it. And, um, hopefully we'll be shooting from mid May till, uh, about mid June. Um, and it's interesting. I found out that I got that movie right as we were going into quarantine for this. So it's kind of been, uh, a little bit of a stop and go process of what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm very excited about it. I can't say much about it now, but um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. Okay, we'll leave a little bit of mystery around that, yeah. and if you're able to right. include that in the show notes, we will. And otherwise, we'll just ask the audience to keep an eye on you and and see the announcement when it comes. Yes. Um, Will, I've been asking each of our guests if they would like to give a shout out to a small business or a restaurant in the communities where they live with the idea that these small businesses and restaurants are really hurting right now with people not being able to go out and and really visit those establishments. And, you know, the idea is perhaps people could go and do some takeout at these restaurants to help keep them afloat until we can get beyond this um, quarantine time. Are there any small businesses or restaurants where you live that you'd like to give a shout out to? And we'll make sure that we also include this in the show notes. Yeah, I my favorite type of food is barbecue. And there is a barbecue um, restaurant right near me on Third Street in West Hollywood called Slab Barbecue. We're actually uh, we got a big feast from them coming on Sunday for Easter. So uh, slab uh and they just opened a year ago so i can imagine that it might be very tough to keep revenue coming in for for such a young business so i would definitely uh encourage people to go and check out slab it's incredible barbecue they started out by just by by serving barbecue from their backyard and in these little pop-up events all over la and then finally got their own their own storefront and uh it's kind of unfortunate that right when they did it, uh, this this happened. So if you want to do takeout, it's, it's amazing takeout or to go or whatever. But uh, yeah, check them out. It sounds like a great story. There, if Since you bring up the topic of barbecue, I'm, I assume they're still open. There's a great place over in the Encino area called Boneyard Bistro. Oh. When we lived down there, we used to go. So when you have a chance, you might want to. And when, once everything's back open, you might want to go check them out, too. Well, Will, I want to thank you on behalf of the podcast and on behalf of the audience for taking the time to join us here and talk about your industry and how this pandemic is affecting that and giving us some insights just into what your life actually looks like as a working actor. We we really appreciate it. Is there anything else at all that you want to let our audience know about? No, other than uh, thanking Mr. TJ Ganser for for setting this up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think... Uh... I think this has been very fun. And I, and I thank you again for, for the important work that you're doing. It's, it's my pleasure. Uh, it was a pleasure talking with you. And um, well. stay safe and have a good rest of your day, okay? You too. Thank you. My pleasure. Bye-bye. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. If you have questions about COVID-19 that you'd like discussed on the podcast, send an email to info at arslanga.media. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Be vigilant, but remain calm. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.